You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Always a pleasure to check in with a good friend of the program, Andy Hart from Patriots.com Radio, Patriots Football Weekly. Check out the content on the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. Andy, we appreciate you taking the time, and you always provide logical analysis, but how have Patriot fans been reacting emotionally to that loss last Thursday night? I've actually been pleasantly surprised with sort of some of the level-headedness I've heard from Patriots fans. Um, they can be in a very a very emotional group. Um, but there haven't been a ton of the sky is falling. Uh, certainly defensively, there are a lot of concerns. I think there's a real worry that, that that's going to be a bad unit. Um, but I think they expect the offense to look a lot different and a lot better than what we saw against Kansas City. So um, I think the... By New England standards, I think the reaction has been pretty measured, and, and I think that's a good thing. When you think about how the the the, the New England Pages have been been able to plug guys in, but with some players that's been missing, do you think that's a a big part of of, of maybe some of the issues they have, especially on the offense? You saw Tom Brady trying to connect with Brandon Cooks; it looked as if they were off just a little bit. Uh, when you see that, do you become alarmed just a little bit moving forward, considering that I think it's Having uh, Edelman out of the mix, you think that kind of scares some people on the offensive side of the football, even some of the fans, as you mentioned. Yeah, I do. there's going to be a transition period. Um, you know, Brady's been asked about it quite a bit, and he said, you know, that's going to be all year because you can't lose somebody like Edelman as both a leader, a producer, a friend of his, and just pretend, you know, next man up. I mean, that's just not the reality of the situation. But I also expect it to look a lot better than it did against Kansas City. Um, I thought the game plan uh, was pretty atrocious for the Patriots on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I've been covering this team for a long time, and I would put that up there, one of the two, three worst game plans, both sides of the ball, that I've seen from Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels. Um, they seem to get really nervous in the second half and just sort of chuck and duck offense. You know, they were just throwing bombs up to – to, to not only Cooks, but Hogan, uh, even Philip Dorsett, who just arrived a week ago. Um, you know, they lost not only Edelman, but then they lose Danny Amendola to a, a concussion on a punt return. And it's just, you know, it's almost like they forgot about Hogan underneath. They forgot about the passing back. And it was just emergency time, throw it deep. So I, I think it will look better than that. But in terms of plugging in personnel, to me, it's the defensive side of the ball where there's some real concerns. Um, you know, they had a real interesting um, scheme where they moved basically linebacker Dante Hightower to defensive end, and they basically moved safety Jordan Richards to linebacker, outside linebacker, and they had a real light front, and not surprisingly, Andy Reid ran all over it. You know, Kareem Hunt had a great game running right at a light front, which is sort of, you know, football 101. You're going to give me a light front, I'm going to run at it until you stop me. They never stopped him. Um, now, the flip side, the bad part of that is they also didn't stop the pass. They were giving up big plays in the passing game. Um, you had guys like Cassius Marsh, who'd been with the team less than a week, getting significant reps at defensive end. Um, and then he was in coverage on one play. Kareem Hunt hit him for a big play in coverage. Those are the ones that you wonder, you know, two weeks from now, will Cassius Marsh look like, you know, another one of those Patriots pickups that just finds a role and is getting the job done? Or are some of these guys that they've brought in or some of these guys that are looking at elevated roles, like a Chris Hogan, are they not ready for those elevated roles? Only time will tell 
how that plays out. Andy Hart, Patriots.com Radio is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. So, Andy, you were just dissecting the personnel. Let's take a step back and talk about themes. Falcons led 28-3 to in the Super Bowl. I saw it on the scoreboard pregame Thursday at Gillette <laughs> Stadium. Chiefs offense looked tremendous last week. What is the state of the Patriot defense heading into this game in New Orleans? It's, it's interesting, um, certainly, because, I, first of all, I thought they ran out of gas. I thought they looked slow and tired on defense, which is supposedly what happened to the Falcons in the Super Bowl. That conditioning was a factor in the Patriots' favor. But, yes, the defense you've seen the last two times the Patriots have taken the field is not the defense you'd expect that led the NFL in points allowed last season. It's not the defense that was a top-five rush defense last season. It's not even the defense that doesn't give up big plays. I mean, they gave up two 75-yard touchdowns. They hadn't done that in 40 years. They've never done that under the Belichick era. Um, You know, some of the tenets of the Patriots' defense, even when they're not great, are no big plays allowed. We do a decent job against the run, and we make the other team march down the field. We're not going to give you chunk plays. We're going to tackle. You can beat us because maybe we're not great in coverage and maybe we don't have a great pass rush, but we're going to make you work for that. They didn't make Alex Smith work for it. He was hitting big play, chunk plays, and then, quite frankly, at the end, they gave up. You know, Tom Brady even mentioned their competitiveness immediately in postgame, but, you know, you give up a 50-yard run and then a 20-something yard run for a two-play scoring drive in the fourth quarter when you're only down a score, that's laying down, and that is very unpatriot. That's, that's a major theme this week, but just the defense, you know, they got a test. Now, I don't think the Saints are quite what, you know, we think traditionally of the Saints being. They still have Drew Brees, but, you know, the weapons have sort of taken a hit in recent years. You know, one of them, Brandon Cooks, is now on the Patriots' sideline. Um, you know, obviously Jimmy Graham's not there anymore. Michael Thomas is a good receiver. They have some, you know, decent running backs, that committee back there that they're trying to figure out. Um, but to me, this is all about the Patriots in terms of personnel and scheme. A, you know, all this talk about a positionless defense. Oh, we don't have to have defensive ends because we play almost a style of basketball. We're a positionless defense. Well, you may have that theory in mind, but that theory was uh, kicked in the butt on Thursday night football. Um, I think they have a lot of figuring out to do. It won't help that Hightower um, is dealing with a, with a knee injury and is questionable at best um, to play in, in New Orleans. Um, but they got some answering to do. They got some communication issues to figure out. You know, we see Stephon Gilmore and Devin McCourty um, combining to give up a, a 75-yard yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill, where neither seemed to know exactly what was going on. You know, that's $100 million in defensive backs that's not on the same page. That needs to be cleaned up. So um, it's not ideal to be heading into New Orleans to face Drew, Drew Brees and a, you know, an annual 5,000-yard passing attack um, as you're struggling to figure out what you are on defense. But they are struggling, certainly. Is it okay to say if, if with uh, Julian Edelman being out and if you can hold Rob Gronkowski to just say under eight, uh, eight targets to maybe only having four catches – that you can actually actually beat this team because last year when playing against Chandler Jones, uh, excuse me, Cam Chancellor, excuse me, for the Seattle Seahawks, you saw what happened in that matchup between he and Rob Gronkowski. And then this past week had six targets uh, and only having two catches with Eric Berry covering him. Is it okay to say if you cover Rob Gronkowski, obviously Julian Elliman is not in, that this offense can struggle? Right now it looks that way. Now, I still think there are opportunities. Um, you know, as I said, I thought they got too one-dimensional in the way you sort of unfolded it. They lost the slot receiver. Gronk was being taken away by 
Eric Berry in some real physical double coverage at times. Um, you know, they hit one big play to Cooks, but they kept trying to go deep. You know, it looked like they got away from, to me, what is the core of the Patriots passing game, and that's short, rhythmic passing. Take what the defense gives you. Once Amendola was gone, they didn't try to run any option routes or anything really underneath drags with Hogan or any of those guys. They forgot about the running backs, I thought, in the second half. You know, supposedly Deion Lewis and James White are two of the best passing backs in football. You know, I thought they got away from those guys. Um, but you're right. They're, they're searching for an identity right now because for, you know, whatever it is now, more than a decade, it was either Wes Welk or Julian Edelman was the core of this offense. It was 140 targets every year. You know, a third of your passes thrown were going to that slot receiver. More often than not, that guy was catching the ball 100 times. He was moving the chains. He was starting drives. Well, that right now looks like it's gone, and you need to find a new identity. Um, I thought it was a little alarming how Gronk was taken out of the game. You know, I, you don't see that too often when he is supposedly healthy, and by all accounts, he's healthy. But I thought he looked slow, and I thought he looked unable to create separation with a good player, Eric Berry. But last time he played Eric Berry in Foxborough, he made him look bad. He embarrassed him for a touchdown. So, you know, that that's a change in that matchup that – you know, the all-pro Barry got the better of. But um, certainly they have some, some evolving to do as an offense. And you're right, it's a little bit like back in the day when Bill would talk about the Moss-Welker offense and say, if you can cover Moss on the outside and cover Welker in between, we got nothing else. Well, if you don't have the slot receiver and Gronk's covered, what do they have? They need to find out that they have Hogan and Cooks and Lee, Lewis and White and the other guys. So, you know, that's on Brady and McDaniels to make that happen starting this week. Andy, great information as always. We'll chat with you soon. That show in West Virginia, was that really just a month ago? You know how it works in football season. Everything's accelerated. That feels like that was 10 years ago. It really does. A lot has happened. Remember when we were talking 19-0? and 0? Well, we I never said that, Andy. Andy, I never said that. <laughs> you know what, Andy? I love you, man. I appreciate you bringing that up, bro. You're a good man. Good man. But one more question that you may not like. Um, how is the Brock Osweiler comeback player? Oh! Hey, you know what? It's not over with because he's still in Denver. The man has nine lives. I'm sorry. He <laughs> go, look, he goes from being in Denver and he goes to, to Houston, Cleveland. Now he's a backup in Denver again? Come on, man. Andy, still not he never over. said which year he was going to be comeback player That's of the year. Right. Could be next year, 2022. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. We'll chat with you soon. See you, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.